0: Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I What happened? How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he? And what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins.
1: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John, the marketer on Instagram and TikTok. And you're tuned in to our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio, I've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. From Chicago, Illinois, we've got Chris Gwynn. He's with Great Lakes Advisory. Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me, John.
1: Absolutely. It's it's our pleasure as always, man. I, I can't wait to hop into the stuff that you're doing. Uh, I think you're our first ever uh, guest that's been on here that's from Chicago and from Illinois. So, you know, just another state that we're checking off the list here. Uh, so I'm excited to have you, but we always start out with an icebreaker question. So our icebreaker question today is, what was your first online screen name? Uh,
0: Mr. Dumbass 1749. I was a big Jackass fan uh, <laughs> back in the day. I grew up in the 90s and um, really loved the what was it called? Let's see. Uh, the original. I don't. I forget what the original one was with Bam Margera. But then there was the entire other uh, CK something. I I don't know CKY. Yeah, yes. it's camp can't kill yourself, which is definitely yeah. not the best way to start. But uh <laughs> I really I really I don't know why that I found that to be so entertaining. Uh, but I was I made it when I was in third grade. So uh, Yeah but I still find that type of humor uh pretty entertaining.
1: That's exactly what I was hoping for was a name like that, because that's that is one hundred percent what I'm looking for. And what's funny is how old are you, man?
0: Thirty two.
1: 32, I'm 34. So yeah, we were right there around the same uh growing up period. I mean, you know, two years isn't a huge difference. So yeah. um, same exact stuff. I was into the same stuff. So my first screen name was Texas underscore skater zero six at yahoo.com. And for the exact same reasons. Cause I was following all those guys. Me and my cousin were into skateboarding. Um, so man, we would, you know, I wasn't good at it, but we would skateboard all the time, hit up the little skate shops and stuff and just have our parents drop us off and waste hours of our day inside of these places and jacking around in the foam pit. And you're right, man. Jackass was huge. Still is for me. I'm still a big fan of it. Uh, I just am probably not as dumb as I was back then because, you know, we would, of course, try to do some of the stupid shit that we, we saw in those movies and in those videos. And, I mean, I think the younger audience for the show just has to understand that that was our YouTube. Oh, yeah you know, before YouTube, that was it. We had cable television, MTV, uh, you know, these networks like that, that would air these guys and we would watch them do this dumb stuff. And that was our, that was our thing. That's what we did. You know, we just wasted our time watching those videos. And man, I think I probably have logged a thousand hours of skateboard bail videos, just watching people fail, fall, jack up their little tricks and all that kind of stuff. So that's funny. Uh, I've never had someone with that screen name. I actually still use mine. Yeah, I,
0: do you? Okay. Uh, it's, it's probably surprising to you, but I don't still use mine. I don't know <laughs> if it's still out in the web somewhere. Uh, might be able to retrieve it somehow, but I don't use mine. But I actually did use the skateboard quite a bit too. Um, used to be sponsored by this local uh, skate shop back in uh, Metro Detroit.
1: Oh, that's killer, man. That was always the dream, right? get sponsored and and be able to do that stuff for a living. I just wasn't that good at it, but I definitely enjoyed it. It was, it was one, I think a better way to spend my time than there could have been. I could have chose to get into some things back when we were growing up that wouldn't have been good. So better to skateboard and be bad at it than uh, be good at doing drugs or crime. Hey there entrepreneurs. Are you tired of juggling multiple platforms for your marketing and sales needs? It's time to revolutionize your business operations with wingman. Wingman's an all-in-one marketing automation software. It's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles. It's a game changer. It combines the best tools to streamline your communication, automate your workflows, and grow your business. Capture leads using landing pages, surveys, forms, and more, nurture them with personalized messages via voicemail, SMS, emails, and even Facebook Messenger, and close deals with built-in tools to collect payments, schedule appointments, and track analytics. Say goodbye to multiple marketing tools and hello to Wingman. It's your unified platform for all business needs. You can enhance your online presence, manage your reputation effectively, and cultivate leads effortlessly. So are you ready to take your business to new heights? Visit TrustYourWingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success.
0: I to
1: We're here to talk about you though. So let's hop into your personal story. You know, where'd you come from? How did you get into entrepreneurship? What's your origin story?
0: Yeah, um, probably good to maybe start about uh, 10 or so years back. At the time, I was a uh, recently graduated college not too long ago and was working in finance. Uh, I was actually a portfolio manager at Northern Trust. Uh, but at the same time, my dad is also a business owner and was really struggling to keep his head above water. He was constantly putting out fires, dealing with internal issues, employees not performing tasks the correct way. And so he approached me and asked me if I wouldn't mind taking a look at some of his operations to see if there's any opportunity to make the business a little bit easier. And I mean, he's my dad. I've got a lot of loyalty towards family. So I was more than happy to take a look. And as I began to dissect their operations, interview some of their employees, I quickly come to find out that they had absolutely zero documented processes, zero KPIs or measurable metrics in place, and really basically zero training. It was essentially throw the employees into the wolves and see if they can figure it out on their own. And so to me, intuitively, it just made a ton of sense why employees weren't following tasks the Correct way. I'm using quotation marks here because it really wasn't a correct way to be able to do anything because nothing was actually defined. And so my initial thought process right here was that if we can clearly document all of their processes and really the whole goal behind a documented process or really just a process itself is that by following each of the individual steps of a standard operating procedure or of a process, you will consistently achieve the same exact result or outcome and then start to build greater consistency in your overall operations. And so my thought process was that if we can clearly identify all these processes, measure the outcome in the processes and then build training around all these processes that hopefully this would make the business a little bit easier to manage because all of the employees would be better prepared to be able to perform all their daily responsibilities. And so took it upon myself, still working in a part-time capacity, doing this on the side to interview absolutely all of their subject matter experts, really gain a deep understanding of exactly how these processes worked and then simplified all the language documented it, built out a KPI tied to the outcomes so that we could actually monitor, gain better visibility into their operations, and then developed out an entire learning management system or really a playbook application that really equipped or really housed all of that training information um, so that all of those employees could lean on those resources after the initial onboarding and training. And so fast forward, I saw just the incredible impact that a solution like this had from the employees just being better prepared, increase the overall retention rate, better really uh, improve morale, increase profitability, increase consistency, and then above that, obviously, just all of those benefits would have been amazing as just as a standalone benefit. But then I also saw the entire impact on management, leadership, or in my case, my dad. And my dad's a little bit overweight suffers from some heart complications, gone through multiple rounds of ablation surgery, and much of that is likely stress-induced. And really, the fact that up until this point, the business is heavily reliant on management or leadership to really provide that input and that guidance but the fact that now we have all these clearly defined processes in place really gain providing better visibility into your operations to actually confirm whether or not those processes are being followed it really allows management to remove themselves from the daily operations and really focus a lot more on just the, your unique abilities. And, and I noticed in my dad's case, a lot of him to actually reduce the number of working hours in a given week, focus a little bit more on his health and just reducing his overall stress and improving his well being. And so, taking a step back and just realizing what an incredible impact that processes, KPIs, and training could have on an operation and really a small business, I realized that there was certainly a much larger need for this solution outside of his business. So, Opened up Great Lakes Advisory a little over uh, four and a half years ago to
1: address a specific need. So where exactly are y'all located there in in Chicago?
0: I'm personally located uh, three quarters of a mile north of Wrigley Field, but we are a remote first company. So uh, we've got employees all around the country um, and we serve uh, organizations uh, across the United States and Canada.
1: So is that where you kind of started? Everything was there? Is that where your dad's company was?
0: No, my dad's in Detroit.
1: Okay. So just outside of Detroit. So you totally started remote with all of that stuff or did you start kind of in person?
0: Um, I did a few kind of in person kind of visits, but I knew to be able to actually scale something like this. I knew just that, like, if we're going to have to be able to document this, like, I'm not, it's gonna be very, very challenging to kind of replicate this if I have to do every single one of these projects or solution and it requires me to go on site. It's just, I just knew that it would be unmanageable. It would be very challenging to kind of like put boots on the ground in every single new client's office. And we still do that occasionally. Um, there's some clients that do fly us out and we'll make an on site visit. But for the most part, um, We can accomplish really just about everything that we need to uh, remotely, and it saves our clients a lot of money. There's uh, not a lot of value added just by paying for an airline flight Um, from a personal level. I certainly enjoy um, kind of meeting people in person and meeting other entrepreneurs, Um, but it's a little bit more productive and uh, scalable uh, to manage it all remotely.
1: Yeah. I think COVID kind of showed us that where it's like, you can get so much work done remotely, especially something like this. Did you get a lot of kickback from the employee level on the company bringing you in at this, you know, to do this job?
0: Uh, Yeah, a little bit. And that's where I, when I first started to see some of that, I realized that it's really important anytime you're putting change into place that that messaging with the change doesn't come from an outside party it really needs to come from the top down and from the leadership and so um kind of seeing some of that early resistance and i think that that resistance is really rooted from the employee's perspective of hey if you document my processes or my training i could potentially become expendable i'm not as that if you basically download my entire brain, well, maybe I'm not as much, maybe I'm not as valuable to your organization. And so I think it was a little bit out of a sense of fear to those employees. And so I think that's where seeing that firsthand, maybe realize that, hey, it's really important that we ensure that the messaging comes from the top down, that we're not doing this because we're trying to eliminate your job we're actually trying to scale the overall operations and so i think anytime you kind of put a new change into place it's really critical that that messaging comes from the top down but it's also almost equally as important that 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 messaging is really put into terms of the benefits to that employee or to that audience member. So what are the benefits to the employee? Maybe it's the ability to actually reduce the time that you want to spend on this particular task so that you can potentially focus on this other area. Maybe this managerial area that you are better served or maybe enjoy more. Maybe this allows you more flexibility to take time off and maybe spend more time with your loved ones and feel like you actually have more coverage and support that if you're out or taking PTO that you can have and delegate those responsibilities. And so it's clearly employees, I guess, unless they have an ownership stake, typically don't really care that much about like the profitability or the scalability of your organization. So it's really important to just like make sure that messaging comes in, or it's just basically painting a picture in terms that they actually care about and really um, matching their internal motivating factors, um, and beliefs, and they're just kind of really tailoring it to their perspective. And so, uh, I just made sure I kind of essentially wrote up an entire message that I wanted my dad to say, and made sure that he kind of shared that and communicated that across the entire organization just to be able to gain that buy-in.
1: Yeah. I think there's two things that employees really hate when it comes to work and one of them is change. And then the other one is staying the same. You know, it's like, it's kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't situation, you know, we're going to hate it no matter what you're going to have people who complain. That was one of the biggest leadership things that I had to learn when I started stepping into those leadership positions was you're not going to make everyone happy. And you are going to have some people who are going to be unhappy about any decision that you make, even if it's serving a mistake dinner, you know, every, every day at the office, you know, for lunch, you get this nice big steak platter and it's like, well, someone's not going to like steak or the way you cooked it or the sides it came with like it doesn't matter how nice it is and how much you package it up there's going to be something about the process that's not going to be great so i can see there where it's like just managing those expectations around what you're doing and you know from an employee perspective myself i would say the open communication really is important because it's like if you can tell me the why behind what you're doing then i can understand it and maybe buy into it a little bit more but it's easy for us as employees to just kind of have that nervousness of like, well, why are you doing this? you know? And then when we're not getting that answer, we automatically go to you're counting up tasks to see what it is that I'm doing or not doing. You know, um, you're trying to hold me accountable in these ways or you're looking for ways that you can write me up or fire me or, you know, whatever else. But really and truly, it seems like what your job does is makes it easier on the employee to understand what they need to do and then how they need to accomplish that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: And I think you also brought up a really good point is communicating that why, and it kind of goes back to kind of Simon Sinek's start with why, and that's, we've kind of leaned on and pulled a little bit from that methodology and that framework. And while we document all of those processes, while the steps are very important of do A, B, C, and D to accomplish why, but it's almost equally as important to actually communicate that why and the impact so that you can actually increase the overall adoption of this process. Really stating when do you need to perform this particular process. Setting expectations of this process typically occurs, I don't know, once a week or daily or monthly or ad hoc or as needed. These are some of the other resources or supplies or equipments or software applications that you need. Here's some of the other issues. And this is what would happen potentially if you don't perform this process correctly and really communicating the impact because then that really allows you to gain that more of that buy-in and really demonstrate and communicate kind of really what the impact that the employee is creating for your organization by following that process correctly too.
1: So is there any process in particular that you specialize in, or does this just kind of apply to any business that wants to just streamline what they're doing every single day at any employee level?
0: Well, I wouldn't say that we necessarily specialize in a particular process. I mean, everything that we do does apply to every single business. And it's not like processes are unique to just one industry and that they don't apply to the other. We do have a target audience and core customer. Um, But our methodology and our framework is that while you can certainly document every single process underneath the sun, our recommendation is really to focus on leaning on Pareto's kind of 80-20 principle of what are the 20 percent of all of your opera or really what are the 20 percent of the processes that drive 80 percent or more of your operations or those activities? Because that's really where you're going to create the largest impact. I mean, you could certainly document those processes that are only occasionally performed once a year. Um, But let's first prioritize those ones, those processes that are performed day in, day out, every single week by maybe a tens or hundreds potentially of your employees, because by creating that consistency in those processes, that's really where you're going to create the largest ROI for a project or an initiative like this.
1: So what makes somebody like, what's your favorite part about this job? Why do you do it? You know, what is it that you saw in your dad's company that made you say, I need to do this for other people?
0: That's a good question. Um, (laughs) I would say, I really just enjoy helping other entrepreneurs create the desired outcomes that, that they're trying to accomplish. Um, I don't really view that the world of process documentation is if like the whole goal is just to document your processes. That's not really, it's simply not the goal. It's usually something larger and that process documentation training KPIs themselves are really a means to be able to help you accomplish that goal. And so, what I'm really talking about here is that basically, hey, maybe we want to scale from 50 employees to 100 employees, and we want to basically double our entire head count and maybe kind of increase revenue by like seven X. I'm just. Throwing out some hypothetical numbers. Well, it's gonna be a hell of a lot easier to be able to accomplish that. If you have everyone rowing in the same direction, there is one correct way to be able to sell your product, or service, all of your employees are moving in lockstep, and you can be able to reduce the, uh, the overall onboarding time so that you can quickly get those new hires up to speed. And then you can help them to execute profitably and consistently across the entire board. And so what I really enjoy is really dissecting those outcomes and really helping to be kind of that guiding North star to be able to be a means to the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that, you know, cause I'm in a service industry for entrepreneurs as well here at a marketing agency. And it's a very similar core value of just wanting to help entrepreneurs to be able to do what it is that they enjoy. And that comes by, you know, providing some type of service or process that is going to help them make a living without having to add extra work to their plate. You know, very similar in that manner. It's just instead of defining these processes and and getting everything in line for them, what we're doing is just kind of providing that marketing service, which takes it off of their back and doesn't require extra work for them. And then hopefully in the end drives more business for their company, you know? So, I mean, I think it's a very similar thing of just wanting to do something for business owners because, you know, they're the backbone of the company. I mean, small businesses make up a majority of the businesses in the United States. And then on top of that, without them, you know, a lot of people are out of jobs. And so anything we can kind of do to help them protect them, even though it comes at a cost, you know, a profit share, if you will, there's still something that we're out there doing for business owners. So I love that. Why? Well, I think it's it's a very good thing. What does it look like when I start working with you from that remote level? Am I taking classes? Am I listening to something? Or are we kind of doing like a consultation? What does that look like? Yeah.
0: And so the way that it works is, I guess, assuming we kind of move forward, usually during our entire sales process, there is a little bit of scoping involved. And so we're getting a better sense of what are some of these processes, what are some of the functions or departments that you currently have. but. Once we agree to move forward, we then kind of create that entire priority list that we kind of break it down, and usually we'll prioritize it based off of kind of the departments, and usually that could also be driven by how many hires you're planning to make in that particular department, or how many employees currently uh, you employ in that department. But we'll prioritize, identify all of those those twenty eighty processes, some of the other soft skills involved. Um, to actually perform those processes. And then the way that we structure it, it's really based on a monthly engagement. And so we have essentially eight total sessions or basically eight hours, and that's usually about two sessions per week or two hours per week. So that's our client's overall time commitment. And so before we begin, we wanna make sure that we have those list of priorities so that we can identify who are the subject matter experts that we need to speak with for each of those processes and those training areas. But we first start off by documenting those processes. After we've documented those processes, then we identify those KPIs. And so usually we'll identify, well, again, going back to the earlier point, by following those processes, you'll by following a specific process, you always achieve the same as a result or outcome. So the outcome or the result itself usually is the lagging KPI, but then we'll usually also identify a leading KPI that also maybe influences that particular process. So like, as an example, maybe for your sales process, the lagging outcome or the KPI, is maybe just new business booked or like a new sale. But maybe a leading KPI could be number of discovery calls or maybe the number of quotes sent out or maybe the number of calls made um, to highly qualified prospects. It's probably different and it's different in every single industry and vertical. But what we'll do is we'll build out that real-time KPI dashboard, start to monitor that on a weekly basis from there. We then shift towards using those eight sessions towards developing out training around some of the soft skills, some of the knowledge required to be able to perform those processes. And then we've also developed out a pretty extensive ready to use training library covering just kind of customer service, leadership, um, project management, sales, um, some marketing and um, uh, Lean Six Sigma content just to be able to enhance the overall uh, training experience. And then from there, shifts towards actually implementing, teaching all the leaders how to um, really hold their employees accountable to these processes using all the content and the process documentation that we developed out for them, the training content as well as those KPIs. And then as I mentioned before, we're, we're monitoring these KPIs with, on a weekly basis, just kind of providing you a check and saying, all right, awesome. Yes, your processes are being followed in practice, but usually third typically happens is uh, what usually happens is that after a little while, we maybe notice that, hey, a particular KPI maybe falls outside of a normal range. And then that would then prompt us to say, hey, maybe it's worthwhile to actually create a process map or kind of a visual diagram of that particular process to actually identify all the different steps, all the different decisions, um, all the different moving parts. And from that conversation that we can actually identify all the value add and non-value add components of a particular process. And It's really the non-value add components that we really try to hone in on from the perspective of, hey, if this particular step is not adding incremental value for our internal operations or for our customers, then it's probably worthwhile having a conversation whether or not A, we might be able to outright eliminate that step or B, if we might be able to add some type of integration or some type of automation to be able to actually remove or reduce some of the manual inputs in that process. And then from there, we'll actually redesign it and then update all the training. And then we're building, I mean, there's clearly quite a bit of work that's required on the back end to actually produce all this training content, but then we'll produce and create all new additional training content and then build it all out within your learning management system as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we probably lose sight of sometimes is that you're not just paying me to, you know, it's like that story about the, um, I think it was a handyman or mechanic or something. He hits that one bolt, you know, or that one nut or whatever and fixes the problem and then charges, you know, let's say $1,500, $2,000. like, oh my God, all you did was take a hammer to this. Like, why do I need to pay you this much? And it's like, you're paying me for the knowledge I have. And then it sounds to me like your company is not just one that I'm going to hire. And then they're going to come in and say, all right, cool. Here's a stack of new paperwork for you to start filling out now every day. You're going to train me on what I need to know, how I need to implement it, you know, how I need to measure it, what changes I may need to make. And then of course you can come up to follow up and make those changes as well. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's more so it's not, yeah, I, I like to describe ourselves that if, if you think that this type of solution or process documentation is just a check the box type of compliance solution that, Hey, someone told us, or an advisor told us, or someone, a colleague network said, Hey, you need to document your processes just to have them documented. Well, we're probably not ultimately gonna be the best fit because that's not really what we do. Yes, we do document processes, but what we're really doing is we're achieving a specific desired outcome. And that's where, I mean, if we just document all of your processes, sho- like make it really neat and elegant and really written and uh, put it up into a three ring binder, shove it into a drawer, it really doesn't provide any value at all for customers or for our clients. It's really the change the results by your employees following those processes. And so we try to make it as easy and seamless as possible, try to reduce our clients' overall time commitment for a project like this, and really just meet with the individual subject matter experts, walk through those processes, download basically their entire brain, and then build out really engaging training content, process documentation, creating all the screenshots, the visuals, and then building out quizzes and uh, really an easy to understand and fun uh, training environment. So that you can essentially create a consistent training experience and equip those employees with all the resources and knowledge needed to perform their job.
1: So this uh, kind of training library that you were talking about earlier, Is that something that is kind of just a general training that everyone gets access to, or is it training that's kind of specifically made for my company?
0: Well, everything that we're doing is, well, I mean, that's the, the ready to use training library is just something that we've just developed. It just applies to a lot of, it's a lot of foundational business uh, knowledge and applies to a lot of different industries. So we just have already developed it and we just kind of offer it as just an additional value add, but the bulk of the work that we're doing is really developing out the customized training for your company and really teaching your way of
1: business. Yeah. I love the fact that you have that extra training though, that just kind of, you know, like you said, not necessarily it's going to teach you everything you need to know about business, but there is some business one-on-one type stuff, some leadership one-on-one, you know, kind of those good start points as a value add. I think that's great. Is this something that you're kind of, You know, are y'all present on like social media, TikTok, YouTube, doling out this knowledge anywhere that we can follow and learn more from you without having to do business with you?
0: Yeah, of course. You can follow us, uh, probably the most active on LinkedIn, but we're also on, uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We've got newsletters, uh, an email newsletter. So feel free to subscribe to any of that content. We're always uh, pumping out a lot of just free, uh, completely free uh, educational content around processes, operations, entrepreneurship, leadership, small business, uh, to try to add additional um, actionable advice and guidance for our audience.
1: Yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. I I go on these little tangents, you know, where I just follow these accounts and then just spend hours watching all these videos. Cause you can learn so much. Like I know there's a bad side of TikTok, but I like to think I'm addicted to the good side where I'm, I'm getting so much knowledge that I just never thought I would have before. Cause I'm like, this is such an obscure thought that someone had and I like it. I agree with it. So I listen to it. So that's pretty cool. We're definitely gonna have to follow y'all there. What's your website?
0: So, uh, <clears throat> so, sorry. It's greatlakesadvisory.com G R E A T L A K E S A D V I S O R com.
1: Okay. And y'all do like free consultation type things or what does it take to just kind of see if maybe I am a good fit? Maybe I'm not.
0: Yeah, of course. So uh, feel free to, there's actually a scheduling page um, on our website or there's also a contact form. Um, happy to put together a uh, complimentary consultation um, to really dive a little bit deeper into your operations, assess what you need to be able to document and whether or not you're planning to tackle this internally or that you'd like to have uh, some assistance along the way. More than happy to be able to provide some complimentary guidance to ensure that you're headed in the right direction.
1: So if you could get one thing across to all of your current clients, your, your potential clients, your future clients, everyone, what do you think the biggest thing that you kind of, the biggest challenge you help business owners overcome as far as like one lesson learned that's maybe a simple fix. I don't know. Just what are you thinking about that you want to kind of get out there to all these business owners?
0: The one, probably the one probably biggest takeaway is that there is 156 hours in a given week, and that number is never going to change. Uh, no matter what you do, time is finite and your time is incredibly valuable. And so it is critical that you spend all of your working hours on Really performing the tasks or the responsibilities or working on the areas and that really align with your unique abilities that only you are really best served to perform. And so, from that, it's really important to to be able to get all of those processes documented so that you could potentially. Delegate some of those processes that are eating away at a lot of your time, and then really build more accountability and consistency among all of your employees and within your operations by standardizing all of your operations through process documentation and really gaining that better visibility to ensure that those processes are being followed through KPIs and then ensuring that uh, all of your employees adopt those processes and you're educating your employees to the training.
1: Perfect. Well, Chris, I think we learned a lot today and uh, I think you got some awesome stuff going on over there. So I'm going to check out the social media, check out the website, you know, and just see what kind of free knowledge I can get from you. And and who knows, maybe we're going to need to work together one day in the future.
0: Yeah, of course. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. As you know, we've got a new episode for you every single week and we're on that nationwide tour. We're trying to hit every single city, every single state and get an entrepreneur that needs to be on here to tell their story so they can connect with you and give you more of a reason to do business with them. So please keep supporting us like you do. Make sure that you are subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a good review, liking the content, sharing with your friends. But most of all, send us some of those business owners that you know that need to be on this show. As always, that was another week for us, and stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.